back to another wonderful episode of Beards, Brews, and Bros. I am your host, Byron, with my lovely co-host, the man from Moss River, Jared Mossman. And yeah. the only man whose own daughter can convince him he's tall, Kyle. Beard <laughs> dick. But you know what? Hey, hey I'm going to quote my mom on something real quick. She said she'd always say, you may be bigger than me, but you'll never be bigger than me. You dig? <laughs> I dig. Keep in mind. Well, the only thing bigger than you and black is that chair. <laughs> Keep in mind. All my mother's kids are taller than her, but we ain't bigger than her. Facts. But I appreciate <laughs> that. But I appreciate that. Hey, that was a tame uh-huh. one. That was probably the tamest one we've done. Yeah, you actually, and you had a clean mouth about it. I'm sorry, like, when you posted that, that your daughter said you were tall, like, I, I couldn't resist bringing that in. Oh, hey, gosh. It was cute, we were brushing our teeth together, and she just looked up at me, and she smiles like she does, and said that, and it was precious. So, so Kyle, did she carry you out the door on this wonderful day? <laughs> <laughs> Since you had a day, daughter day, did she carry you out? No, we walked hand in hand, thank you very much. Also, did she make sure that you didn't get lost in the ball pit at the play place? <laughs> no we didn't have that kind of trouble whatsoever but she did throw a bean bag at a uh, at a little boy's head playing cornhole oh but intentional or unintentional unintentional but they're all doing it to be fair I, I, i'm unconvinced here <laughs> she's not a violent child by any means well nobody's saying she's violent i'm just saying she might be direct who knows mm. Well, she can be about certain things, especially if it involves Nick Jr. cartoons. Very serious about that. That that is a very serious matter, and I mean that that entails a lot of different politics. Should we go with Wally Kazam, or are we going to talk about freaking? Oh my gosh, the the things we could discuss, even the politics of Peppa Pig. Oh God, uh, no, that's an absolute, absolutely not. I watched it one time, and that was it. Susie, can you whistle? What's whistling, Peppa? Click. No. I really didn't think that cartoon was that annoying. And then I watched one episode and couldn't handle it. It's terrible. That, that, That is the thing that Layla absolutely enjoyed. Well, folks, we are back again with another exciting episode. And obviously, we've gotten off the trails again with the tracks. And Kyle, why don't you go ahead and we talk about a little bit what we got going on this week. Why don't you tell right. what, what the finer things in life are talking about. You, you, you right. lay it out there. You, you lay it out I... for them to play it out. Don't let me talk. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn. Look, ladies nah, and gentlemen, talk. Take it away, sir. Uh, Take it ladies away. and gentlemen, here's the rundown this week. One thing I'm very excited to to uh, talk about with the fellas here is uh, next year is going to be the 30-year anniversary of Monday Night Raw, a professional wrestling institution. So tonight we're going to discuss some of our favorite matches and moments in the near three-decade history of the program. Also, um, we got our nerd news, of course, and we got some interesting nuggets to, uh, to bring about. I know Jared's got something he's very excited to um to talk about also um this week uh, and especially in the music world came out of nowhere surprised us and um yeah you, you want to give us a little snippet of that one today years old folks today years old and i'm gonna wait for the segment because i i, I am having a hard time containing myself here there, there was a little piece of me from back in 2009 that just blew out of my chest uh oh. good old good old emo long-haired jared 
Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a that was a Jared and a half. <laughs> another another thing that we're definitely going to get into is in our retro rewind and everybody's had chores some of us still have chores as adults especially those who are married um Preach and it. Uh, yeah <laughs> but we're going to take it back we want to talk about the kind of chores that we all had to do growing up in our different you know different lives because all three of us grew up grew up differently raised differently and you know some of us may have had more physically straining chores than the other and you know we're and we're going to share share our stories that's going to be a lot of fun no dick measuring contest here folks so kyler listen, and kyle you put the ruler away <laughs> listen we've been to your uh, well I, I, that's no contest i win uh pause but uh, Jared, we've been to your parents' house, so I can already. Oh, I got it right here, Kyle. There you, you go. There you do. go, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry. A pinky don't suffice, brother. Just don't work. Um, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I don't have anything smaller than a pinky I can hold up for you, Kyle. God. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to wonder about you. You sure like to talk about other guys' dicks a lot. I don't Specifically know. Specifically mine. <laughs> We, we have this whole thing, absolutely, and it's been questionable for a very long time, I'm assuming. Well, it's been mm. questionable. <laughs> I'm oh, kidding. I'm Kyle, kidding. I apologize Good for him. Lord. Like, he, I, <clears throat> I, he's on a rant tonight. Well, yeah, I, I'm hell, on one. What the hell's wrong with you today? You gotta understand, nothing... It, it, everything's wrong as usual. <laughs> Such is life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, like we know that, you know, life gets stressful, but we want you to let your hair down and just, you know, kick it with us for a little while tonight, as we as we do every week. So uh, if you got so make sure you turn up, turn up your audio devices, check us out on all of our platforms and we're going to get ready to rock and roll. So are we going to kick it off with some nerd news? I'm Let's excited. go home down nerd news. Let's do it, gentlemen. All right. Well, guys, welcome back to another lovely edition of the Nerd News Corner, where we have exciting, groundbreaking news that just entered our table about five to ten minutes ago. <laughs> As you can tell, he was not prepared for this week. No, no, I, I was totally prepared, but I'm also half cocked and ready to roll. <laughs> that's that's always you. Like you mm. could be prepared, you're still flying half cocked. Fly by the seat of your pants. But folks, complete, for real though, we have awesome. some really big, exciting news, and I'm going to take the wheel, gentlemen, for a little bit and dive in with my nerd news. Folks, as of yesterday, and I don't know how I missed it, but I did, we have the first audio track from My Chemical Romance since the breakup. Ooh. It is a six-minute and a single-second track called Foundations of Decay. It is a sultry, haunting track that Ooh. echoes and reverberates to a previous time of three cheers for sweet revenge, and I will keep you safe from the vampires. This is what we've been waiting for, gentlemen. This is the sound we've been wanting. I am. I'm, ex I'm stoked. Like, as everybody in our generation, like when you hear those first few notes for the Black Parade, you immediately just it, it hits you right in the feels. Oh, absolutely does. Well, do you guys remember whenever they first were talking about getting back together before touring? They were they had a little video that was like 15 minutes. It was called The Summoning. Wasn't it like right before COVID hit? Yes, that kind of, COVID kind of rained on their parade, folks. 
and this is we're finally starting to get back on track with them because they've announced more dates obviously that they're going to be doing concerts but before it happened we had this lovely 15 minute video it was called the summoning where it was walking through all of their albums with their hits and then you got to hear some snippets of audio that was obviously fresh recording and you had to decode it a little bit so that right there is exactly what is happening now, I, hope, I, I, I hope you were able to keep keep your stiffy in check when you heard this. Well, it's not smacking the table, so we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is re- this is really big, just because you know <clears throat> you got to take a never say you got to take a never say never approach with anything. And people uh-huh. thought, well, I guess MCR's done; they're not going to come back or, or get together. And bam, out of nowhere. Well, I mean, we've been wanting it for a while. Fans have been craving for new material, you know, because honestly, a lot of people did not enjoy, you know, Danger Days just because it was not the sound that we were accustomed to. We came off the high of Welcome to the Black Parade and then we had Na 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 and Sing, you know, which were more Queensy-like anthems. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to music, a band has to be able to evolve and adapt. If they keep it, Granted, some bands can't keep the same sound from the time they start to the time they finish, but even big bands like Metallica, they evolved their sound. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, sometimes you've got to experiment. Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's not. Yeah, well, it just com- comes with territory. Well, compare it to, like you said, with Metallica. You know, think about, you know, let's say, for example, Inner Sandman, compare it to, you know, Now We're Dead. Yeah. That, or, that's like the heavy contrast. Oh, what else is another one? I think I could compare it to. Uh, Ride the like, Lightning. Yeah. Uh, For Whom the Bells Tolls, also another one. Like, you think about like the different sounds. Basically, anything from, and what, since you're referencing Metallica prior to the Black album, which was seen as their sellout album to the hardcores, and anything post Black Parade. See, the Black Parade album set the bar way too high. And I think it was una- I think it's unattainable. Well, you got to think they were white hot in that entire album. It wasn't like they were, you know, coming off of you know Helena, you know, thank you for the venom, you know, thanks things like that, you know. When you have a song that transverses time itself and is an anthem for multi, you know, for two generations, that right there gets you. Mm-hmm. No, total, no, totally agree, man. But now I'm sure, and you're very excited for you know what for uh, what MCR has in store because this is just a sampler essentially. You're looking for the main course, I'm sure. We're either going to get an EP, folks, or an album, one or the other. It could be like the conventional weapons EPs. We could get them spread out. Well, or I we mean, could get a whole album. Like, like considering how much time they've had to really prepare this, I'm hoping it's an album. Like two years of no tours, like drop an album right when you're going on tour. See, that's what I kind of thought too, because you have so much concept art to not have an album. That's bullshit. We know you have an album. <laughs> or or they could they could do what a lot of bands do is they uh drop the tour, they'll start dropping like more and more singles and songs from the album, and then at the end of the tour they'll drop the album. Well, that's true too. I mean it man, it really honestly could go either way. I'm happy with either offering. But I feel we're like we're getting new. Ever, we're getting new. My chemical romance is all that matters. 
that that's all that matters. And I mean, it's kind of like before, you know, they said that, oh, we still got together each time we had this recording space that we got together, you know, once a year, talk band business, where everybody was at. And I thought that was really fucking cool that they kind of yeah. let us in behind the scenes with that. Mm -hmm. So all I know is proud day for music, proud day for things going forward. As long as it's not a wet fart, I'm happy. Uh, those are the most disgusting kind of farts but yeah uh, something to really be excited about going forward uh, uh, transitioning I'd love to share my nerd news um, on Wednesday we celebrated the 28 year anniversary of the release of honestly I think probably the most important 90s movie to me on a personal level and that is The Crow of course that starred the late great Brandon Lee as well as Ernie Hudson shout out for Ghostbusters <laughs> um, that uh, the, everyone knows the story of what happened with Brandon on set. Uh, he got shot by a, a prop bullet, and it took his life. And unfortunately, you know, the rest of the cast had to finish the movie. Some did go home. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't bear being on set. It was from everything I've ever read about filming the movie. Basically, it was cursed from the word go. Just everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, and. It's, it's it's obviously it's an awesome movie one of the best soundtracks of the 90s for any motion picture uh, of course big empty by stone temple pilots uh, you got uh, color me once by the violet femmes dead souls by nine inch nails just a fantastic soundtrack the the it, honestly it's kind of what got me into the goth aesthetic if you will I didn't really know what what to call it then I just thought everything that looked dark and spooky was cool and then um, being a fan of the wrestler Sting when he turned into the whole crow gimmick and he looked like him and he had the bat and everything just tied together perfectly. It's like bringing mm -hmm. together, you know, my, one of my favorite movies and my favorite thing in the world to enjoy is professional wrestling, especially at that time. Um, it was the perfect marriage <laughs> of a, it's definitely a perfect marriage of a gimmick and a movie. Yep. No like, question. It, it fit his character uh, so well that like that whole aesthetic he they morphed into which is perfect yeah and he was this dark specter just watching the world burn essentially and the world was world championship wrestling as the new world order was beating up everybody and nobody yep. believed in him so he went silent and he was just sitting there in the crowd and i remember when he would just come down and randomly attack wcw wrestlers and he's wearing black and white everybody thinks oh no he's with nwo and he would never say a word and it was the coolest thing and we all we act, we actually have the late Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, to thank for that. He um, he told Sting apparently one day he said, "Has have you ever seen The Crow?" And he said, "No." And he uh, wound up showing him um, what the character looked like of Eric Draven, and he thought that was really cool. And they ran with it, and magic was made, and money was made. Mm -hmm. um, I actually follow the you guys have seen the movie the the young girl Sarah. I follow yeah. her on the the actress Rochelle Davis. I follow her on TikTok and just stumbled one day and I and I I legit fan fanboyed because I because I saw her and she was um she was a uh, mimicking a um, the scene where she's skateboarding and Eric saves her from getting hit by a car and and he, then he says it can't rain all the time and and she said I miss him every day. You know, his death ha really has resonated so much with generations of young kids and young people who are adults today. 
it, you you feel him when you watch that movie. You know, oh it, for sure, it, man. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but you know, whew. you got to think between uh, the soundtrack of that film and the score. You know, at the scene where they return to the grave, just the music composition for that. I I, I have down that soundtrack on Spotify, and occasion it it gets to me a lot. Um, the song Return of the Grave, called, man. Mm. Originally, that was my favorite, but then I found the song that plays in the shootout scene at Top Dollar's uh, building when he's about to uh, throw Skank out of the building. The song is called Devil's Night. I found that yeah. and just fell in love with that. And then whenever um, Sarah goes back to the cemetery and Eric tells her, you shouldn't be here at night, or I sh- I sh- you shouldn't be here. And, uh, and then he says, it's the safest place in the world to be. That song is called On Hallowed Ground, and it made me tear up actually listening to it. Just no dialogue, just the song. So that, um, you know, just to... Just to um, go back and really think about what that movie means to me on a personal level. But yeah, it won like eight uh, VMAs or um, MTV movie awards in like 95. And also it won uh, like VMAs for best soundtrack, best song for Stone Temple Pilots, big empties. So I, I feel like it, it's weird. Like deaths, you know, things coming threes, like deaths coming threes and 94, Brandon Lee died in 95. Selena was was killed and 96 Tupac died. And all three of those are three deaths for 90s kids that still resonate to this day. Mm -hmm. And also just to throw in another one, the next year, the Notorious B.I.G. was murdered. Mm. But um, I feel like we're having a repeat this year from well, from (laughs) I feel like we had a rough few years this last time, Kyle. She, yeah, I know, and you know, it feels like 2016 all over again. Like when oh, the, God, we, we don't let's let's not talk about 2016. Yeah, I know that sucked. No. David Bowie and Lemmy, that was awful. But Brandon means a lot to a lot of people, and if he only if he only knew what he what he you know has meant to a generation, like to us, obviously his legacy is not as strong as his father, but it, it his legacy carries a lot of weight, similar mm-hmm. to Bruce. And a bucket list for me is to go visit their graves one day in Seattle. So rest in peace, Brandon, and everybody, you know, who got to perform in that movie. Y'all mean a lot to a lot of people. So there's my nerd news. Now I'm going to go cry. <laughs> Damn. You cry, afterwards. I'll, you cry afterwards. You cry afterwards. I'll supply the tissue. Yeah. Also, also that guitar solo he had on the rooftop, fucking badass. I'm kind of curious who actually composed that. I, I was actually just thinking about that. Uh, Honestly, what uh, think? The composer's name is Graham Ravel, and the uh, the full track is called is called Inferno. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, so honestly, it's on, we, on YouTube. When I, when I think about the crow, I think it was Jared who introduced me to it. To be honest, honest. Oh wow! I think it was you who showed me. Like, we watched that movie together. Uh, I would believe it. But like no, like that's a great topic, and like I've also I've only ever seen the crow one time, but it's still like I still like the, everything that happened in that movie was just so phenomenal, and mm. Brandon was taken too soon. Like he I remember, hey, he could have been Sorry. one of the biggest action stars, movie stars out there. Just, I'm totally agree, without question. And I actually um, 
with uh, <clears throat> you guys know about um, you know my relationship with with my daughter's mother when we were when we were doing the long distance thing we actually had a Skype movie date night and we watched The Crow on Skype and it was cool yeah and I have a, and I have calendars like that she found at a at a uh, at a thrift store that have like never before seen photos from on set um, wow at a really neat and like obviously they're outdated but i don't care always flip them every month and you know like some of those photos you can hear them you know? oh yeah and, yeah and that's 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 the best thing right there but well yeah just wanted to just what just 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 wanted to dig deep and show tribute to to a movie that means a lot not just to me but to got countless countless people who who grew up then but Told myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> oh, uh, now this leaves me now. So I've got two things I want to talk about. So you're gonna cry now? Oh me? No. Uh, don't, don't be a bitch. I got two things I want to talk about. First thing, after 13 long years, we finally got proof that Avatar 2 is real. It exists. Uh, last week they did a teaser trailer and it looks just as phenomenal as the first one did. <clears throat> And mm. from what I can see, I think this movie's gonna be a lot grimmer and probably a lot heavier than the first one was. And if you've not seen Teaser Trailer yet, go out and watch it. Like you find it on YouTube. It it looks just as beautiful as the first one. And it's I'm so excited to see it. I'll be honest with you both, I have never seen the first movie. I haven't either. Oh, you too. Like if you want to see it a cinematically like, it Avatar literally revolutionized like cinema. It's what is one of those movies. Like it changed the game when it came to CGI cinema. I will agree with it has its contributions to the frame or to the whole, you know, film industry. But to me, I just never could get into it. Like I, I, I saw the trailers and I remember the hype was huge, but I was just like, blue people. I'll say like, I'll, I'll say as much. The story is very generic, but the acting in it is phenomenal. The the C, again the CGI and everything done, the world they created looks gorgeous so like i said go out there uh get you to see the trailer watch it i'm for me i'm super stoked for it can't wait to see it and then my second thing for all my league of legends uh fans out there if you've not heard yet uh the big mid-season invitational the the uh first international tournament of the year for league is in full swing right now and if no shocking here the big four regions are pretty much dominating the tournament right now in the uh stage one should expect, uh, should expect to see EU, Korea, China, and North America all making it to the second round. But from there, it's anybody's guess on who's going to make it beyond. So that's going on full swing. Today was day four. Tomorrow's day five of stage one. Uh, and then Sunday's the last day of stage one. And we'll know who's going on to stage two from there. Okay. And that's my nerd news. Well, not folks, bad. not, not at all, all. Uh, folks. That was that, and that is nerd news for this week. And uh, we'll definitely be back with some more geeky information for you next week, right here on Nerd News on Triple B's. As always, thank you for tuning in to the fabulous Nerd News Corner. Now back to brass tacks and regular business, gentlemen. Wait, we have we, regular business. We have a regular business. <laughs> I thought it was just bullshit. Well, I mean, that is our business. We are the proprietors of bullshit. 
in this neck of the woods. <laughs> we could fertilize all the farms in America with our bullshit. Proprietary bullshit. No, we're, we're no, honestly, we, we really couldn't because between us fertilizing and Kyle's dry spell, we wouldn't be able to do shit. We need some rain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> put my business out there. Hey, it's not me. <laughs> blame the, I know blame it ain't the man. <laughs> I know it ain't you. Ain't nothing I can do about it with him. I mean, we just need to get uh, our the diamond cutter in here, and he'll put in the task. Diamond cutter. Bring him on. Bring on the cup of coffee. Yeah. The jeweler <laughs> puts you to task every time. I have, he's the only person said uh, in our last week's episode. He's the only person I know they put you to task, and you can't. He checked you hard shit. on movies, bro. He checked you hard. No, not really. We actually had a pretty common ground understanding. He was like, he's like, I respect your opinion. That's all good. And I was like, I expect your, I respect your opinion too. Everybody's allowed to be wrong every once in a while. It's okay. <laughs> well, he, well, we we, 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 we have just... the fair exchange of backhandedness. Now, if it's music, oh yeah, there there's a no holds barred there. No. But when we were discussing movies, and he's and and I and we had to clarify about your comments towards Godfather too. And he said, yes, it's great. But however, that is the, that is a, that is a very wrong statement. T2 is the greatest sequel. Once again, science. You're, you're allowed to have your opinions, even if they're wrong. It's you're, okay. you're allowed to have your very <laughs> incorrect opinion. I'm just going to sit here with my popcorn. <laughs> just chew on there, man. Between these oh, yeah. tough things that we talk about, let's talk about some fucking toughest bosses that we had to face during to video games of our childhood. You know, like and, and and everybody, everybody's got you know different uh, eras of gaming that they grew up with. But if you're if you're an old fart like me, you were raised on arcade cabinets. Two <clears throat> two words scare the hell out of you: Shao Kahn. Well, Mortal I was gonna Kombat say two. <laughs> also, I got another. Uh, uh, the first one that that tore you up, M Bison. <laughs> Honestly, the like the fighting games are what fucked me up as a kid. How about how about yeah. this? I think, I think I think we've actually talked about this before. Have we? Well, we've slept. The the time. keeper of the records has fucked us over once again. Just oh, because like, like Kyle, we, just, we Kyle, just this. like your toughest boss is the top shelf. Once again, we've been fucked over. No, like it's like I think about that's like wait, because the toughest boss I remember was like for me was like I said I told a while back was the final boss in Kirby. See, yep, I've never played a Kirby game, so like you'll have to fill me in on how that on on that shit. I, I think it's time to finally establish that we are old and we have officially lost grasp on reality when <laughs> we are discussing things, and when we well, finally realize that the team killing fucktard Byron is supposed to keep the records of the thing. I I <laughs> mean, to be fair, to be fair, for a while there, when I was playing Rust with some friends, we called ourselves the Misfire Club because we we team killed more than we actually killed enemies. Oh, Misfire! I mean, you're shooting blanks, right? No, we we instead of hitting the enemies, we hit ourselves. This like we would sit there, throw like grenades, whatnot, in our own base and blow each other up. Y'all would suck so bad at battle toads. You know what? We should talk about, and this is something else here. Let's talk about our worst co-op gaming moments with each other, since one of us is trying to shoot the other one in the goddamn foot. <laughs> I like this. No, now that one is easy because I just mentioned the game. I love Battletoads as a solo one-player experience. However, it is the worst two-player game of all time. 
Well, have we all have either one of us played it together? We've no, together, you I don't. You don't have my brother. None of us have the game. I'm talking about. I have. Hold on. I have the cartridge. I can go get it. I, I have it. I have a cartridge yeah. in my mom's Since house. when? I thought I saw all of your NES games. Dude, I have got Battletoads on there. I also have Battletoads and Double Dragon as well. Ooh, ooh oh. the Ultimate Team. Great cartridge. So I, <laughs> I, I have that. The, as a kid, though, no, and I would go to friends' house. I would go to friends' houses in the neighborhood back in Papa Bluff, and they would have it either on Super NES or, or NES. And once again, you know how playing Double Dragon, they'd have the two-player mode A and two-player mode B. Mode B is where you can hit each other. Yeah. You're not given, as a kid, you're not given that option when you're playing Battletoads. Yeah, and because you're not hard. given that option, nope. you don't think about it. And then next thing you know, you're big booting, you're big booting your, your partner <laughs> off the screen like Big Show. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your contribution, Kyle, but I need you to describe an instance where we have played something together. I, I'll be honest with you, the one moment of frustration with co-op gaming with you is playing Mario Brothers with you. That's anybody. Listen, I'm you, not, are talking about the newest that, like, Mario? Because no one anybody. can play Mario with you. That's not a me thing. That's just anybody no, playing with you. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about Bubble. I'm talking about Mario 3. Either one of those choices. It, it, I'll admit, I'm it, not the it, best it, at Bubble. It, it chaps my ass when it's like, hey, I'm just trying to get through level. Get all the goddamn coins, Kyle! <laughs> First off, I never claimed to be a great Mario player. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a Sonic guy. Sega. If he can't go fast in a straight line, he doesn't care. No. I mean, factual. Factual. And Mario... My like, driving's I, I, a testament I, to that. <laughs> I love Mario, but not not like that. I, I, I put it like this: I'm in love with Sonic. Love Mario. There's a difference. Uh, honestly, you you're I, in love with. There you go. What? I'd love to see you play the uh, Super Mario Brothers three ROM hack. Uh, it's called Cube Root of Three. Oh gosh, never heard of that. Oh, it is like if you thought Mario three was hard, this takes that, cranks it up to about mm, nine million. Pure, precise platforming. I can uh, dig it. And a lot of people don't have the patience or the dexterity for that, and I'm definitely not in that category. Uh, that Byron, basically sounds I like Mario have, Maker from Hell. It does. Uh, Byron, I have a one with you. I got a bone to pick with you since we're talking oh. about worst co-op experiences with each other. Oh, God. I have two. Two right out the gate. One. Oh, God. <laughs> The time we played SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 together. Oh, God! Partner. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing! <laughs> you did know what you were doing. It's just the fact of the matter. Oh, no, I'm not tagging you in yet, Jared. Oh, the yeah, fuck? I got pinned. <laughs> you get pinned. I've never heard this like, story. This motherfucker is a glory hound when you get him in a game that he knows. <laughs> he fucking just... And I'm just like... Dude, you're fucking injured in the abdomen and the head. Tag me in. I'm a clean man. Get me in there. I remember this. <laughs> so, yeah, it was the same night I gave Caleb from fucking Merritt the titty twister from hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, moral of the story is don't play a wrestling game with this man in, in a I, I found better. tag team setting. I remember the last time we played, uh, what was it? Spider vs. Raw. Or that's what I was like, uh, WE 2K something. And uh, we were, I think uh, it, yeah, it was, it was like one still, of the... it was back when you were living in uh, Chaffee. 
I think it was the the one with Stone Cold, but I'm not. No, 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 no. It had Seth Rollins on the cover. Which one was? Yeah, that? like, uh, like we, were, we were trying to do it was like get the feel for the game or whatnot, and we did pretty good together. No, I'll give you that. Your props there. You're, you're solid there on that. I got better. Now, Byron, I get better but, every time. But, but, but here's another one of better over time. Should we talk about Lord of the Rings: The Third Age? Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. You got certain characters you like. I got certain characters I like. I'm trying to build, like, because of a strategy game, I'm trying to build a well-balanced team that does everything it needs to. Not but just you're the move. dick that leaves the characters he likes in the game. I had, like, one to your two. And you're like, I, they're, they're, the they're doing a good job. They're, they're well, doing, they, doing a good job, Jared. They're, they're well, doing their they work. They filled the role. But, like, we had, a, we had our tank. We had you as a damage dealer. We had me as a magic dealer. Like the, the, the dwarf was simply there just to tank damage and heal. Not when the fucking enemy has an immunity to blunt force, like blunt damage. He wasn't there to deal any damage. He was simply there to uh, heal and tank. I think it was healing. I don't remember. But the elf was there doing most of the damage. Oh, but that's like the two for me from from experiences with both of you. There, there, there's certain titles, and you got better over time, obviously. You know, whenever we got the guy that was uh, the writer of Rohan, he was a lot better. Oh, yeah. More balanced. Yeah. And I enjoyed playing that game with you, which we still need to finish. No but joke. yeah. Who knew the greatest bosses and would be my two best friends? Who fucking knew it? Oh <laughs> like I can't uh, me, Well, I, that's not an awe moment. That's a fuck you moment because shit. <laughs> like for me, it's I can't really think of any bad times like I really had with you guys playing games. Like co-op games. Not particularly, and my now if I'm gonna we're gonna talk about our worst, I'll say my favorite is staying up all night over at your at your parents' house, Jared, and us playing Manhattan Project. That was a blast. We did really well for playing Turtles B. Like yeah, we, we did, did really good. That was uh, the one thing there. We had that mutual agreement. We and the whole thing started because we accidentally clicked on B instead of A, and we we're just like, "You stay over there, I'm gonna stay over here, and we're gonna hit things." <laughs> Like for me, like one of my like memories that I just like most frustrating time playing co-op had to be playing with my little brother playing Halo. Oh, and this is God. this is campaign Halo too. Okay, and, all right. It's like, oh, there's a shotgun here. Great, I need, I want that. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm taking that. You motherfucker. We fight over who's got that. Or oh, there's one tank. Oh, I'm gonna use a tank. It's oh, just those stuff like that. We literally just kill each other left and right and like this is on like legendary too so like if you die you get a back a checkpoint it's not like oh you die get to the same spot respawn no it's oh you pissed me off blow you up okay now we're going back to the respawn so you're or, playing like doom where you die and you're, you're immediately put back to the last checkpoint yes and oh, man. I, I i love him to death but man like he, he'd get on my nerves sometimes i get on his nerves I don't know. I'd say one of our favorite, one of my favorite gaming memories with your brother was probably either playing when we played wrestling games over there when you had your, I think it was 06, which you had. Cause I remember I brought my PS2 over from when we played the other one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, wrestling games with him or fucking Mario Kart. We did that quite a bit. Cause remember, I bring, used to bring my GameCube over to your house quite a bit. Yep. Yep. Oh, it has some good times there. Oh, yeah. Walks and then going to play the GameCube. Can't go wrong uh, with it. No, I, those walks are great. I need to do some walking. Like I've since this new job, I put on so much weight. 
I feel you there. I got to get in better shape myself. It's likewise. I actually, like I, you know, I told you guys before we got started, just uh, I bought a platinum black card membership to uh, Planet Fitness and I got bought, bought an exercise ball this morning. And also to further um, my daughter's enjoyment of baseball, got her own T ball, bat, and glove because nice. it came in, came in a set. Hell yeah. They're, they're both pink. I surprised her with it this morning. It was so cute. Uh, um, since we're before we transition, um, we were t- I was taking her to school and she had a surprise for me. She wanted, and I had a surprise for her, so I surprised her with the bat and, and the glove. And she's like, I love that, like, Daddy, I love it. And just that that did my day good. And then she wanted to surprise me with showing how much she's improved on her on her, her spelling and uh writing. And you know, got to, got to tell her how proud I was of her for that. And you know, little things like that go a long way. But no, I think tomorrow, because uh, I'm also we're going to a shrimp boil tomorrow, after tomorrow okay. afternoon. But then, I, but this weekend we're gonna go take to the ball field and uh, we're gonna break down. Um, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna let her start swinging with her own her own aluminum bat because she tried to use mine and bless her heart she spun around like uh, like a <laughs> like a dreidel. Almost screws up into the ground. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but Kyle, are you own. using technically a little t-ball bat t- too, or? Oh, I don't. No, my no, my bat's a it's thirty-four inch bat. It's a slow pitch softball bat. Jared, next time come down, we need to play some catch. I've I've been itching to play catch for a while. Hey, motherfucker! I did get a football today, and I got some I got some uh, some some catching gloves. Nice, dude. You know the funny thing is on so over the last little bit. This I think it was this weekend before last. It was Mother's Day. We were coming home, and I was so jelly. The neighbors over here were playing freaking flag football. They had a whole bunch of them out there, and I was just like, "I want to play too." <laughs> we need we See, need a lot actually, of people to do that. That actually is what got me thinking about picking up a ball this morning. Was you always going on about how you want to play, you know, flag football? And well, if I, I can mean, get I got a ball here, there. I'm ready you to got, go. You got and the, I got, you got the, too. I mean, you've got the yard size for it. We just need to get about seven other people to play, five on five. Yeah, yeah. Byron, I tell you what, one of these days, since you're so close to me, how about you come down? We can pitch the ball and talk and shoot the shit. I mean, it's the plan, but it's probably not gonna be till maybe late June. I'm okay with that. Life is busy anyway at the moment. Oh, I'm surprised, honestly, that your daughter's not signing up for a summer league. Layla's playing summer ball. We missed the deadline. We were oh, going to, but man. just missed the deadline. So, hey, this summer is for practice and learning and fine-tuning and yep. teaching. Remember, catch well, two hands with a baseball. Her glove is right-handed because she – her glove is left-handed because she throws righty. The problem with me is that I catch and throw left. Hey, I mean, gotcha. it, either way, just need a teacher to, like, catch it, smother it. Yep. Yep. I'm about good to say it'll be good for yeah, And by the way, Card- Cardinals losing three to one right now to the Giants. So speaking of baseball, uh, they're they're hitting a rough spell. Kyle, how old is she again? Michelle is She's six. Be, well, well, I thought she was going to be seven this year, ain't she? No, seven in February. Seven in February. Okay. Well, by then next year, she'll be able to play coach pitch, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Get, keep get practicing all summer long, dude. Exactly, and also, oh, does this mean you're coach. actually gonna be help coaching? I'm kind of curious of that. I might, I just might. That sounds sounds like a damn good idea. 
I I think it's definitely reasonable. I know more I about will, baseball than all than 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 anybody I know except my mama. I will never when I have kids. I will never be a coach for my kids. I'm not gonna. I would never be that type of coach. You know, I would not, end up being yeah. that type of coach. Oh, gotta have a balance. It, it, it's uh, see. I'm here's the thing. I, I know. I'm. Go ahead. So go ahead, I'm a competitive person, and I have. I'm also a perfectionist, and I expect things to be done a certain way. Like, I could teach the skills. Just don't. I was like, I was like, you want me to teach you how to do it? Sure, I'll teach you how to do it. Don't have me making decisions at game time. That's what I'll say. If you were a baseball manager, you'd be that dude who gets ejected almost like every third game for arguing balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's egregious, say, uh, yes, I, I would I get in the umpire's face. Although, like, right now, like, there's apparently a lot of, like, have you seen the percentages of, like, how many, like, fans are happy with the umps this year? Oh, nobody. Oh, it's okay. bad. There are rare exceptions. I know there was a no-hitter thrown the other night for for an Angels pitcher and the uh, and the and the, the the strike zone percentage was extremely high. It was a very efficiently called game. But I don't have time to go off on Angel Hernandez, the worst umpire in the history of baseball. I ain't got well, time for that. I remember the other ain't day. Nobody got time for that. There, there's a batter literally called three strikes on three balls. Probably Angel Hernandez's strike. It wasn't. Like it wasn't Angel Hernandez. It was somebody else. Uh, I feel like we talked about this the other day. I don't know if we have. But like I, 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 I can't stand that man. Nobody can. And there's, there's I feel like, like a, a soapbox is happening. We always got soapboxes. Impending. Though. If I had, if we had additional time. However, this is like this is the same guy who once sued Major League Baseball for discrimination, claiming that he like he's been he's been an umpire since 1993, but why hasn't he called a World Series since 2005? Because you suck at your goddamn job. That's why. because your stats are lower than the whole league average. He has the hey, uh, he has the worst the worst strike zone, and just the blind as a bat. Like, honestly, uh, yeah, he does. And you know he has to have a big ego because he probably has a small dick. <laughs> But I'm not going to get hot. It's already hot enough. Uh, you know, it's funny. We started talking about, like, our bad, like, co-experiences, and now we're talking baseball. We squirrel mm. hard. Th- 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 this is the... <laughs> Folks, this is what happens when we get on the phone with each other. And it's it, literally what happens. Literally. <laughs> this is an ungated conversation. We are completely off but... the format. <laughs> How about we veer back on track? And uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, gentlemen, especially because SmackDown just did end. How about we talk about the flagship show of World Wrestling Entertainment, since they don't like to call themselves that anymore? Monday Night Raw debuted January 11th, 1993. Next year will be 30 years of this show. That's just hard to fathom. And and everybody's mm-hmm. watched wrestling at varying points. Some people never stopped. Like, well, I can't say like myself because there was a time I did stop watching them. But say? you know, I've been been a dedicated uh, wrestling fan my my entire life, and we've all got like matches and moments that just stand out in your mind. And um, Jared, if you want to go ahead and go first, because I remember you used to get you gave me a bunch of old raw VHS tapes from like 2005 that you recorded. By the way, they also had episodes of Hogan Knows Best. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I, Not- I just remember it used to come on right afterwards, and I'll be honest with you, I had the, the terrible habit of falling asleep while 
recording. I mean... So, well, I mean, there's a point where it's like if your show's off at ten o'clock and then Hogan knows best comes on afterwards, you're just like, mm. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> it's like uh, th- this sounds like this is good Nyquil. Well, for me, like I said, I kind of got into wrestling a little later. I came in the ruthless aggression era as opposed to the two gentlemen here beside me got into it when it was more of the attitude era. But for me, honestly, it completely doesn't matter when because everybody's got their own stories, their own experiences and different eras of their products. For me, it was like I didn't really get into the attitude era until like I was in high school. That I really started delving into like the wrestling world and the attitude era was just like, and I was a big fan of The Rock, and just started watching his stuff and like, uh, it's that's kind of what took me. In. But like back when I was like in elementary school, like I had a friend of mine who was really big into wrestling, and uh, I remember him talking about uh, Kane, and Kane for me was always just like a very fascinating character. So like for me, Kane's always been one of my biggest, like my favorite uh, superstars of all time. Yeah, See, I, remember I remember him being on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, for me, uh, it was, you know, obviously my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, was not the gateway for me. I have always been a Chris Benoit fan. For me, I got into it, enjoyed watching him whenever he had his feud with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, you know, stealing the show at WrestleMania and the three-way. And then, obviously, the very next, you know, that following Monday, for me, the Monday Night Raw experience was him and that Iron Man match with Triple H. Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that very, very well. And then they ran the whole thing of Edge can't beat Chris Benoit. And folks, you know, just going to clarify, we're only discussing the man as a performer. He was elite as a performer. And we're just going to leave that there. Um, This is strictly about his career. We don't care about his person. Um, But I tell you you what, man, growing up, especially – in 97 to 98 i always said 1998 was the greatest summer ever solely because of steve stone cold steve austin dear god like it was instant rising on your on your arms when that glass shattered and vince mcmahon would be in the ring and have that look of i'm gonna shit myself every time and he was great with that and Uh, Austin just Dude was so the hottest time. thing on two legs at that time, man. <laughs> There's no question. There's no question about it, especially at a time when pro wrestling Take was in high demand. That <laughs> <clears throat> he was in high demand, um, in a time where wrestling was in was in big big demand. Um, when it came to whether he, um, when he challenged Mike Tyson, that made TV Guide and folks tv guide is for the old heads i mean you young folks may not know what the hell that is but that made national news and him driving the zamboni into the ring which nearly cut the which nearly cut the audio to the live broadcast i might add um the cement truck where he filled vince's uh corvette with cement you know wwe still has that car it's probably the hall of fame no it's 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 in it's in their warehouse as an artifact with yep. like the tr- with with like tr- grown into it and everything that was actually vince's legit car he drove from his house into the arena so they could get a live shot of him actually coming in that was all a shoot and of course i what i believe is the greatest moment in history of raw the beer truck yep the beer, bath. Cut, the beer truck down is fantastic and, and he, 
Yeah, and he and he and he uh, hosed down uh, Rock, uh, Vince, and Shane McMahon. He actually revealed recently that only about twenty percent of what he sprayed was actual beer; the rest was water. Yeah, <laughs> like the you know something else that kind of go ahead. Something else that got me, you know, today I was looking at my feed on YouTube, and it actually recommended me from two thousand and two when Stone Cold Steve Austin and quite a few other WWF superstars were on The Weakest Link. Oh, I've, I, that keeps coming up in my YouTube. It pops up in the it pops up mine today. And I was just like, okay, yeah, you had Devon, you had, you know, Bubba Ray. You had Kane was on that one. You had... Yeah, and full, uh, and full gimmick. <laughs> and full gimmick. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh... I cannot think of the two gals that were on there at this time. I would have to look up on there, but there was a couple different ones, but it was just still the fact you had all these guys on there and they're like, oh yeah, this is going to be for this charity, you know? And I remember the second time around when they did that, when Kurt Angle was on there. <laughs> what was that? Was Kurt bald by then? Uh, No, he still had hair. I think they were on the one edition. That This was actually okay. the second time. Yeah, yeah, the O one had The Rock, had Kurt Angle, uh, Shane O'Mac, I think was on that one. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. But that show, I, that, I just, that, that was a hell of a game show, uh, by the way. But you know, thirty, almost thirty years of memories, and also being at the one thousandth Monday Night Raw, which Byron officially proved that he was there. I do not remember him being there at all. <laughs> He had the shirt to prove it. Um, I have that. I actually got that on DVD. It's like a Raw's 100 greatest moments, and then the uh, extra the extra disc is Raw 1000. Being there to see the Rock in person, to experience that, it's not you're not just seeing the Rock. You're experiencing. Back in the Attitude Era, he'd always say that everybody has like has goosebumps running through their body, and when that music hit, that is no bullshit. Oh, no my way. God. Man. Like, it, I'm glad it, Byron was able to prove you wrong, though. <laughs> I, was, I, was dead, I was dead ass serious that he was not there until he pulls the shirt out of his closet. He goes, dude, I was there. I'm like, damn. I still, I still have my boost to ass shirt. You did. Closet. Um, but, and like, man, it, it, it gets for me, like I said, it, it's – I. Growing up, I, I didn't really watch much wrestling. I just knew about it here and there. And when I started really getting into it, I was watching certain matches. So I wasn't watching like full segments. So for me, my, my probably my highlight for me on Raw has to be Raw, Raw 1000 with the boys. Like being in that live yeah. performance with the boys, it's it was a whole other thing. Getting experience again. Stone Cold's glass shatter. The Rock's intro hitting. The gong. Like, oh, when Austin wasn't there, dude. It wasn't? No. Was he, 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 was, he was having a knee. I believe at the time, but no, every anyway. just about everybody was there except Austin and Ric Flair. But like again, still like hearing Undertaker's gong, like yeah, when I hit, hit, gong hit. Like I had goosebumps. Like I was like, yeah. oh, especially because it was an unannounced appearance. Yes, you know There's nobody a certain expected magic that. about when you go to a live event, though, guys. You know that it it's is. Like oh yeah, we. You remember when Chris Jericho first came back, Byron, when we were at the Royal Rumble, twenty-five. Yes. Oh. Yep, oh, and when all you saw was just the fucking jacket. Yep, so a countdown and the jacket and the pyro. It was it was glorious. 
getting to see him also at that show was really cool. And also, uh, who else was there? Oh, we had the DX reunion. Yep, taking to open the show. Taking uh, Sand, uh, Danny Sand out of task. Yeah, good old, good old uh, Aaron Stevens. That was a that was that guy's criminally underrated as a performer. He's hilarious. But yeah, uh, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, X Pac, and you know, wish China could have been there. God rest her soul. But that was so cool. And also, how big is Brock Lesnar in? <laughs> Huge. There, there, there's big, and then there's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that dude is fair. a one of one. To be fair, Cena was is pretty massive himself. Because if you remember, when yeah. Raw went off the air, Rock had his mm-hmm. armband around his. It's like this is a headband, right? I I couldn't believe that like Cena's arms were that much bigger than the Rock's, but then again, also Cena's a lot shorter too. Well, but, did you, um, you guys ever watch the interview with uh, Paul White when he was talking about who were you most comfortable having somebody lift you up? And the first person he was like, fucking John Cena. <laughs> I mean, this man, like, I remember WrestleMania where he uh, lifted up both Edge and uh, Big, Show. Big Show yeah. on the shoulder a little bit. And, yeah, and, and they were like, he wasn't buckling. That was the crazy thing. Paul's like, yeah, anytime Cena had me, I knew I was okay. He's like, I was a little sketchy when Brock would pick me up. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, basically, because Brock's the kind of guy, especially because he's an NCAA heavyweight champion, amateur wrestler, Brock, to me, is like Scott Steiner. If if, if you're going to fly or not. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> but but I'll tell you, honestly, safest worker at that time, I definitely would have to say Cena. Oh, yeah. Cena, yeah. I mean, as, as much as like I want to bash on the man, because, again, he's got five moves of doom. But you got to think, we yeah. had that big hype for him when he came over from SmackDown, though. We were so excited. Yeah, 2005. And that was in... And that was in and St. Louis, too, because problem. he wore the spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, because yeah, like, they were in again, St. Louis. Again, like I said, it may, even with the five moves of doom and, like, them, like, kind of shoving him down our throats to a point, like, I will say, like, I don't can't think of any wrestler ever getting hurt in a match with him. Oh, wait, no way, actually, I can't. Uh, that was, I think, it was unintentional. I think it's mainly because of old age. That face uh, says it all. <laughs> uh, the Rock tore his... Uh, Bicep, I think, or something like that. He tore. Yeah, basically, like his adductor muscle early in the match. But I would have. I don't know if that was due to anything John did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, although I don't want to. I mean, it's like it's it's. it's, I don't think it was. I think it's more like The Rock just again a lot of ring rust still. And again, he's not. He might look good, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. No, I mean the guy just turned fifty. By the way, still old. Well, you guys got to remember this: that there's a difference between ring ready. And gym ready, exactly. dudes ready to power lift and stuff. But you got in wrestling, you have to train for more than just you know strength and conditioning. That's mm-hmm. good to keep you in the shape, but you know obviously stretches, warm ups, and then obviously going through the runs of like the ring psychology and everything else too. Knowing where to be, him yeah. kind of missing some of those spots, and you could tell he was a little stiff. He wasn't as yeah. fluid as he used to be. No, that, mm-hmm. that's just from being away from the ring so long. And speaking of Brock Lesnar, I think one of my favorite stories of all time was uh, when Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle got into it behind the scenes about a wrestling match. Mm. And uh, they did a legit, like, like Olympian-style wrestling match. And Angle pretty much uh, 
tied up Lesnar like a bow. See, because as, as as Kurt clarified, there's a difference between amateur and a major difference. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kurt Angle is the greatest uh, greatest amateur wrestler to ever live, outside of maybe Dan Gable. Um, uh, that's it's, it's a whole different level. And besides, remember he won a gold medal. Say it with me now. With a broken neck. With a broken freaking neck. No, it's not a broken neck. It's a broken freaking neck. Get it right. You gotta um, remember though, too. Though there's a difference in that with an Olympic wrestler, though. You gotta think. Dude has more time on the mat than freaking a college wrestler. I mean, on top of that, exactly. he's also like wrestling against like the best of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt, uh, Kurt's the one guy you just did never wanted to shoot with. Um, and and, and oh, any, any that's like Gerald Briscoe. You know, there's guys. I bet there's guys in that locker room today who are still still scared of uh, Jerry Briscoe. Oh yeah. Like even like even like you know the the guys from back in the day they said, "Listen, I may be tough, but I ain't trying I ain't trying Briscoe. I don't care how old he is." <laughs> that, uh, dude, a uh, big thing for me was JBL's induction speech for him. That's what always got me and then he's talking about he's just like them Texas boys. He's like, "Yeah, you get up in the middle of the night and freaking Jerry sent us a message and said, Tech, "Texas fucking pussies." <laughs> <laughs> I believe Briscoe's from uh, Oklahoma. He is. So that's, he's a. That, that's he's, why. That's where that came from. He's actually a Native American too. Mm-hmm. Him and his bro- his late brother Jack. Uh, remember Briscoe Brothers Body Shop down in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, folks, uh, you know we we had a lot, and there's countless uh, uh, raw moments that you know we could all we could all talk about from whatever generation uh, that you grew up with. Um, of Monday Night Raw, whether it's PG era, the Wild West Attitude era that I grew up with. Um, one more I'll throw out there before we go into our retro rewind. How about the moment where Raw almost got canceled? Brian Pillman's got a gun. Oh, God. In oh, 1996. Wow. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I'm watching Raw. And then all of a sudden, I because they're interviewing him at home with his wife, Melanie, uh, as a shoot in his real house. And he says, Steve Austin is a dead man walking because Austin 316 means Pillman's got a nine millimeter Glock and I'm going to blow his sorry ass straight to hell. Austin breaks into the house. Pillman pulls the gun and then the camera cuts to black. What the fuck? (laughs) Imagine being eight years old seeing that. Dude, Brian Pillman, loose cannon. Just there was no other. Amazing gimmick. He he actually he used he used that crazy persona to get out of his WCW. But, oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, that's but that's definitely one that um, always stands out. But there's plenty of others, folks. And they, hey, uh, drop your uh, your favorite Monday Night Raw moments um, and, and on all of our platforms, Facebook, Twitter, our our, our Discord as well. Um, hit hit us up and let us know uh, your favorite moments for Monday Night Raw. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, folks, now it's time to now it's time to hit that hit that playback button, and let's get and let's go into our retro rewind this week. Everyone grew up doing. You do what your parents told you to do. If whether you grew up in the hood, the suburbs, the country, we all had varying chores. Some a lot worse than others. I gotta tell you right now, way Jared was raised, I couldn't do his chores. 
I hate it. I'm telling you that right up front. Same. <laughs> but uh, no, we're gonna we're, we're just gonna tell tell some stories about you know how we were raised and what kind of what kind of work we had to do around the house or homes. Um, especially in my case, I moved a bunch. Uh, basically, um, the I'll tell you the worst job I hated having to do around the house. We had a house that had some really bad plumbing over by uh, by Whiteley Park and Bluff. We know the pool and the and the uh, and the ball field. Lived up yeah. by there. We had really bad plumbing where all of the uh, the fecal would just drop to the basement floor. And it was just, uh, it was terrible. Uh, and uh, having uh, every once in a while. Sounds like an episode of South Park. <laughs> bunch of Mr. Hanky. Dude, this, this, this shit was terrible. I, I would have to go bleach. Uh, I, first, I would have to go scoop it up with a, with a big old shovel, dump it out into the bushes, and then bleach the basement. This would be like a Saturday job. It was a whole day miserable. job. Oh, it was freaking miserable. And because at the time I'm the oldest living in the house that's actually there regularly, that was my job. I hated it so much. And I didn't have a gas, like a mask or anything to, you know, cover so your you're nose. Getting, so you're just like right through your face. Ugh. It's like getting slapped with a, with a punch of a, uh, of gas over and or, or with a cloud of gas over and over and over it, that that easily was the most disgusting i ever had without question so jerry why don't you tell the folks about uh growing up as tom mossman's son <laughs> <laughs> well i mean I, i'll tell you this honestly i this prepared me for a lot of things in my life later because one, the weekends were still spent working, folks. You, you, you work throughout the week, you spent the weekend working. So that means, say, for example, your mother's car needed brakes. You know who's in there working on it? <laughs> your dad's right there standing over you telling you, hey, take the office caliper. Get ready to go through this. We're at the bleed brakes. Get the air out of the lines. And then, of course, you know, me living next door to my grandparents up the hill. You know, at the time when they had a wood stove, it's like, hey, they need some wood. Better get splitting mall. You know, going to go over there and be splitting wood for them for a little while. I'm like, okay, dad, I can do that. And then it would be things in the summertime where it's like, okay, you're off from school. Oh, you know what? That means it's more work. So I would get to go to work with the old man to A to Z auto salvage and <laughs> get to... Uh, Help him pick up junk cars, climb up there, obviously on the truck, hook them, get them going. If I needed to help pull parts that day, <laughs> I got to help pull parts out in the heat and fighting the fun stinging insects that were around there. You know, getting to be eight years old and driving a forklift, picking up a car is magic, right? <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Probably my... <laughs> Not when they're said, well, there's work to be done. You know, you're, you, it's like your day starts at 8 o'clock. Day ain't over till 5. Dad wins lunch when we can stop working for a minute. We still got shit to do. That's how that <laughs> always worked out. My least favorite thing was in the summertime when we had to do the garden. My grandparents were a firm believer in, okay, the tractor doesn't do it right. So you need to take this big old single wheel plow, and it's like you're going to plow divots down through there so we can plant our veggies and different stuff that was every summer and it's like yeah you're a lot younger than anybody around here so you, you get to be the one to push through that you're the so mule. you get the, 
pretty much. So you had this dry ass dirt that you'd be pushing through. And luckily enough, dad would be like, all right, we're going to use the tractor. We're going to, we're going to blade it first before you start trying to till it. I'm like, thank you. But that's mostly how my time was spent. It was either working around the house. There was always a project that needed to be done. And it's like, you never told anybody no for that because it's always like family comes first. Family needs help. You got to work on something. It didn't matter if your aunt's, car had shit the bed and needed a new motor you bet your ass we're putting a motor in over the weekend be done with it and get it over with and then say for example if somebody else i can tell you a couple different times we actually took a trip down to uh, batesville arkansas to pick up my cousin dusty's car that got wrecked then how many times we fixed that for him god it just, that's how my, you know, I lived out in the country, so I didn't have any kids my own age. The nearest kids that were my own age were some Pentecostal fucks that were very funny <laughs> and had hair down their ass and pretty much, yeah, no fun. So that, that was kind of how that always panned out. So it was always me either spending time working on something or, you know, when you did get to play your video games, you got to play them for a good while and enjoy yourself. But when it came time to work, you had the big man. Hey, gotta get up, gotta do stuff. Come on. Every day is the grind, but you know what? It instilled a fantastic work ethic in you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of shit that wouldn't get done sometimes. It's like, just, yeah, I'm thankful for getting to watch that. And, you know, anytime I've got questions still, I usually call the old man up. I'm like, hey, am I wiring this in right? Is my logic correct? Yeah, that sounds right. Didn't shock you, right? No, hadn't yet. Okay, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, are you? That, that's usually his uh, measurement of things. Like uh, when I was doing the job, putting the thermostat in not too long ago, he's like, you ain't shocked yourself yet, have you? I'm like, no, I turned the breaker off. Well, good. It's like, sounds like you need to get in there and wire it up to the board. I'm like, oh, yeah? You sure about that? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, make sure not to get shocked where you piss yourself either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh. that, those are the pearls of wisdom I still hear to this day. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you, def you definitely were raised and uh, what, what folks would like to call the blue collar way. But honestly, we're all appreciative of it. And I know you are as well. And honestly, doing doing nasty work like I, like I had to, um, as a teenager really made me appreciate never being above a job any kind whatsoever you know i'll be honest and, with you you did a job that i would not ever want to do i'll be like kyle same. all the things that i can think of all my jobs that i had around my house were physically demanding jobs i did not have to deal with anything like that you 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 want you win the prize this time on that one yeah, I really didn't. I really didn't have a choice because let's see, uh, moved into that house, I was probably like sixteen or something, and um, everybody else. I mean, like my, you know, my sisters were out of the house, or in theory, and um, you know, the younger siblings, they're not going to do that kind of stuff. No, do that. But the only um, thing, the only thing I've ever had to do was you guys know that my parents had a house that they was originally a trailer they converted into a house right. my least favorite thing ever to do anything with the house was having to crawl underneath there to fix oh. like, air conditioning ducts yeah. things like you don't know what's underneath there 
No, you don't. And I mean, that's the only thing close. And then they had tons of cats. So that was the only thing there. They would poop and do whatever there. But it was just a such a tight area. And you pretty much were like, all right, middle of summer. If something happened, you're like, all right, I'm going to arm my way through army, crawl my way through there. That was probably the only thing that I really remotely can remember that was terrible that I didn't really like to do. Otherwise, it was mowing yards and repairing things. That's pretty much my educational. Now, Byron, what about you, man? I mean, obviously, like, I cannot imagine you, like, you, like your mom putting you through the ringer like like Tom Austin did. But um, what all did you have to do? What, what all did you have to do? Uh, well, growing up, I was literally so busy between school and extracurricular activities that my, my mom didn't make me do a whole lot. But, like, some stuff I was really, really, like, helped do around the house was, like, help load and unload the dishwasher, make sure that was good, uh, taken care of. Uh, we had, growing up, our, uh, Jared's been our house, like, the stairs, we had going up yep. and down stairs, let's just be covered in carpet. We had three dogs, most of our lives, so they covered in hair, so I had to be the one to clean those stairs up, like, just get them, I, like, it's a bitch. Like three dogs shed a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I got older, uh, anybody who knows me knows I am clumsy as hell. I was the one that had to get up on the roof and clean the gutters. See, I, I was lucky enough. Mine were close enough to the ground. I literally could be on like a little step ladder and just no. Scoop. Like I, I'm a good probably 15, 20 feet in the air when I'm cleaning these gutters. Oh, I know. I, I definitely. I've seen your house before, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember. I remember when you guys were actually trying to clean up that extra, like that rec room. That was yeah, a big task. Uh, you appreciate this. Uh, the garage is almost completely clean now. We could see my really? car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But uh, no, like, so my older brother, Bobby, he's just too big. He can't get up the ladder. Joe has a fear of heights. And my dad was clumsier than I was. So I, and my dad wanted to do the whole, like, oh, we're going to put a ladder from the side, climb up and do it that slow way. I'm like, screw this. I'll just climb up there on top of the roof and sit on my ass and slide along. That's a man's job right there. Attaboy. But the, the, probably the task I hated the most, the freaking most was, my dad loved to do all the fun things with all the fun tools. So he got there with clippers and like trimmed everything down and whatnot. We got stuck hauling everything by hand. Not wheelbarrows, uh, by hand. Oh, no. Oh, man. That's rough. At the it top. sucked so much. And like, why can't we use that? No, I'm using it. And we had a rag mower. We did. We got to use that thing a handful of times. I remember driving maybe once or twice to mow the lawn. Other than that, it had to be the push mower. I'll pass. I'm not gonna even get in with that one. <laughs> I will so pass. Uh, so that was like my. Go ahead. It's <laughs> like that was just one of those like. Uh, it sucked, but like the thing is though, even though it might suck at times, I I remember those days fondly, mainly because my dad's no longer around. And honestly, if I could, if I could, like I'm cheering up a little bit just talking about this, but like if I could to this day go home. And him be like, hey, I need your help uh, haul stuff while I clip it. I would jump on in heartbeat. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you guys at least had your fathers there. You know, like I have my dad now, but as, as a young man, I did not. Uh, so I really didn't have anybody and as, a, as a male influence to instill that that was readily present. 
where honestly I had my mom and well Jared you know my mom honestly she's got bigger balls than most dudes so um I, you know we're all thankful for hey some of the dirty crappy jobs we had to do as kids but hey it's right. helped make us into who we are today um and also guys uh feel free to share your experiences with us once again you know our platforms um, once again we're on twitter and uh facebook and discord as well so let us know three crappy jobs you had to do and you know sometimes hey no one likes parents. I'll say, they've and parents. Then, tell us the fond memories you have doing chores with your parents and if well, you I have, have fond memories of doing chores with any of us in this area <laughs> i didn't have oh, I didn't have, um, uh, uh, I didn't do I'm chores with my mom because she's always like, do it right the first time. Oh, no, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's got memories of working on something with me or either one oh, of you. Th- I remember, like, for you and me, cleaning the produce uh, prep room and cooler. Oh, God. I remember when you were moved, like, when you were, I think, moving from that house you bought, your first house, and like, yeah. we were, it was pouring like hard ass rain. And like, like we were throwing stuff into your backyard or whatever, I think to burn, and it was just pouring rain. I legit passed out, like I fainted at, and I as soon as I got to my house. You know what? I remember was, it, me, you, and me, you and Cineo. Remember when the trailer got stuck in the bottoms and you two? Oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, because the trailer at that point was so light, I was like, "You guys, get on the back." Let's let's see about getting this thing unstuck, and then I remember giving that truck hell, and we flew out of there. Yeah, uh, it, and that was also I believe it was raining that not that that day too. That was messy. Yep, and then of course, of course, we got a Tom Mossman speech. I would have done it another way, boys. <laughs> of course, yeah, dude, yeah. Of course, he wasn't there when that happened. Go figure. Um, but knowing him, he probably would have just sat back and laughed at us, and then told us, "Yeah, though, this is how I would have done it." Be like, motherfucker, you didn't even... Yeah, damn it. <laughs> well, guys, I think this is a heck of an episode. This was this was a lot of I fun. I think so, this too. Even though so one of us tried to sabotage the whole team. <laughs> I remember yeah, thanks, when it mattered. Bye. And we had a good, like, yeah. just off-topic tangent when we just got to bullshit. Well, of course we did. You know, got to have a little... And I got to have a little soapbox and, you know, blow some steam off. But... Yeah. Um, uh, mind if I go ahead and uh, sign us off this week? Sign us off, Kyle. Kyle, oh, hey, hey, home. Everybody, let's uh, let, let's hit the home stretch and get out of here because these guys got to go to bed. I'm sure I have to go to my to the actual paying job. Um, but we will be seeing you next week with a with a with a better formatted uh, <laughs> episode of Beards, Brews, and Bros. And we'll, we'll promise to try promise to keep everything a little more in line. But knowing us. That promise will go out the window once we go on the air. Uh, for yep. myself, we're, we're getting uh, old, folks. Our memory's slipping. For myself, Mr. Moss and Mr. Moss Men, my name's K Rob, Kyle. We will see y'all next week. And remember, be kind and always rewind. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. See you next week.